How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Creamer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. Hey, this is Shooter McGavin. You're listening to the 19th Hole Podcast. Welcome once again to the 19th Hole Podcast brought to you by Golf Talk Live. I'm Alan DePew, and I have my all-star panel of golf industry experts. I'd like to introduce once again, as always, Boston Bob Baldessari. Greetings. Brendan Elliott. Hello. And Andy Hydorn, the ever the ever present. <laughs> Missing in action once again, Christian Azamus. I think he's ducking us, boys. Mm. I think he's batting about 250. Yeah. What's up with that? If if that, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to call him to the conference. He, he, cl- he claims he's in next week. He claims he's back from all of his trips, the work overload, all that other stuff. But we we shall see. I believe I've heard that before. Yeah, well, I can I can speak to trips and and uh, what a long strange one it's been. As you know, we missed a week, and that's because we were all over the globe. Andy, you and I were down in Kiowa. Bobby was up. Bobby was up in Pinehurst. Brendan was doing Brendan things out teaching the youth of tomorrow. (laughs) And, uh, you know, what I'd really like to start with was something that we touched on just before I hit the button, which is what kind of pizza do you like? Do you like pizza? Mm. (laughs) Did I lean toward the camera here? You better lean. uh, Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Before we even go there. So we're literally in Kiowa. And we're laughing about this this, this silly thing, folks. We record on Zoom. And and, uh, I always know when Andy wants to say something. Like, right now, he's leaning back. And then he, like, leans into the camera. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, and I'm like, okay, well, Andy wants to make a point. I better throw it over to him really fast. (laughs) So, yes, Andy, do you like pizza? I love pizza and i'm it's like a fifth food group a big fan of dave portnoy and barstool and his one bite pizza app and and i think it's actually done a lot for the pizza industry if there is such a thing um so yeah i'm a i'm a pizza lover any particular what you you had thrown out frank pepe i mean do, are we going to give shameless plugs to anybody i think i've literally driven out of my way to go to New Haven and tried Sally's and Frank Pepe's and they were both the best pizza I've ever had in my life. Can anybody else endorse that from out of the New England area, Bobby? I would say it's uh that's a good one. Yeah. Regina's pretty damn good too. Bob. You just you just took the words out of my yeah my pizza out of my mouth. I, I love I love Regina pizza. Well, I guess really where this started was Brendan came on, hopped on here and, and says, do you guys, do you guys like pizza? <laughs> and I, I think my response was, well, I just fought, finished off a half a pie from Domino's. That was dinner tonight. So, I mean, and Brendan goes, I love that $2 Totitas. That's right. Pizza. <laughs> I'm not saying it rates highly, but sometimes you just got a craving for that cheap kind of pizza. 
Yeah, of course. Square is it squ the square pizza? Elio's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how about El I mean, can you remember back in school when Elio's was thrown on the tray? It was yep. like the best day to uh, I mean, that was the like the greatest day of the month. It's that was, that day. Was double lunch day. Oh my god, that was delicious. I yeah. personally I'm a thin crust kind of guy. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I can polish off some serious thin crust. Well, let me tell you, Frank Pepe's and Sally's and Regina's too. Just they they cook it in those brick ovens. It's thin crust. It's a little bit overdone. It's just it's just so good. So and to good. your point, and to your point, we're not trying to muscle in on Portnoy right now. I mean, not at all. We're we're no. just stating a fact. I mean, I like pizza. We we like pizza. Yeah. Well, the next time, even if you go north of Boston, there's a place called Kitty's Restaurants on Route 28 in North Reading. Yeah. That is. I'll put that up there with anybody. I've never had Kitty's Pizza. Oh, I think you, Andy. It's right on. It's right on Route 28. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never even knew Kitty's had pizza. <laughs> oh, so it's a, it's a, it's a given. The best pizza is these types of places that you guys are talking about. But my kids always fight when I say let's do pizza of the chain places. So I say Papa John's is my favorite of the chains. You know what? I won't eat Domino's, Papa John's, Little Caesars. I won't eat any of that stuff. I, you wow. know, I generally avoid them also, but but the one I will is the is Domino's thin crust is legit. Okay. It's okay. Gonna, uh, it is pretty seriously good. But here's the question: Why don't we have pizza at a halfway house on the golf course? Nice, nice. I I thought I did the segues, but I love where where you went with that one, Bob. Seriously, like a <laughs> too like messy a, a slice. Just a quick slice at the halfway house could be the best. You know what? Better than a hot dog. Now we look. We we got to wait till Christian gets back to finish the hot dog conversation. So, <laughs> is it a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the idea of the, the the slice at the halfway house. You know, Bob Baldessari is a golf innovator, not just on the course but off the course. So, kudos to him for for. A, a margins you know you know what it is he's reimagining the golf industry right every day all day but every the day. margins in pizza that's good you could do two bucks on a slice and you probably have nothing in it right oh easily when i eventually get to my own golf course we're having pizza at the turn we're having popsicles on hot days <laughs> oh you gotta have a popsicle gotta have a popsicle yeah there's there's I did. I, I will tell you this. I did put the uh, the blue bunny ice cream chest in one of my uh, snack bars one time. Did not make a dime because I ate all of them. <laughs> You're happy. No, I'm fat. <laughs> As my friend used to say, you were murdering the prophets. <laughs> I was, yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, Andy. We get to actually hook up. We're in. We're down in Kiowa. Let's let's get off the pizza topic. Let's talk about a little Southern hospitality. Down in Kiowa, golfing strategies summit. Um, any takeaways? This well, is your time. This is your time to lean forward in the in the screen. If you first of all, it was a pleasure 
being in the actual physical presence of you and your lovely Miss Heather. Um, how did you, how did you how'd you describe her? She was she was looking for the party that never happened. <laughs> she, she was the life of the party waiting to happen. <laughs> but no, it, it was a. Uh, first of all, Kiowa is such a cool place. Um, I don't know that it's a, a great place for a conference like that because it's all about you know sprawling the island with villas and stuff like that. But it's it's just such an awesome awesome island and um the conference was pretty interesting more so for you than me but well you were there for like as a bodyguard i think yes i was yes now you know what my first my first trip to kiowa first my first trip really for any extended time to charleston shout out to charleston south carolina which the entire town's under construction because that place is booming right now Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite spots love that place great I, 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 I think everybody loves that place how can you not love charleston great great spot <laughs> so kiowa we roll into kiowa and we're just struck i mean it's 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 even hilton head on steroids i mean it's it's unbelievable there struck me not a single street light i mean place is pitch black um high obviously very wealthy you know homes villas uh and they got a, a couple of golf courses one's no more notable than the other but <laughs> and uh we we met a few cast of characters there i mean we had uh <laughs> we had guys strutting in like a peacock <laughs> oh some of the some of the outfits when there when there aren't women around and guys feel free to dress like they want to dress <laughs> It's it's quite the show. There's a there's a deck. Which what was the course we were at, Andy? Well, which which club was that? I don't even remember. We were sitting at player. Cougar, where's the players pub? Cougar Point. Cougar Point. There wasn't mm. any. There was no Cougars. No Cougars. There's no Cougars at Cougar Point. But we're sitting out on, before I even connected with you. I'm sitting there, and it's overlooking the uh, 18th green, and some dude from like a hundred yards out he does this fire and fall back swing and there's a hedge line right between the deck, uh, the patio and the green and flat out air mailed it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's significantly over the green, significantly over the green. Hell of a backspin though. Sucked it right back down into the shrubs and he gets up there. I said, um, I yell from the patio. I'm like, it's over here. (laughs) That wasn't quite a yell, but yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, and then uh, the, the takeaway. Here's my takeaway from my from a business perspective: is golf's back. Yeah. Argue with me. Argue with me that it's not. Well, the thing to me about the conference that you that, see, you see, do you, do you notice I saw that? it. See I him, saw you it. see him lead in like that. The <laughs> thing that stuck out the most was they mentioned simple supply and demand in terms of number of rounds per golf course, right? And in the 90s, when things were really good and before they started to build everything, um, there was a certain ratio of, of number of rounds to, to each 18-hole facility. And what they were saying at the conference is that number has reached the same level that it was back in the 90s so, so 
right? Yeah, so I'm going to actually give you the statistic because we actually yeah. used it during our panel discussion. So 1990, I know that's even further back than the, the Tiger boom. Per eight rounds of golf per 18-hole equivalent was 40,381. And now, in 2021, we're back up above and we're at 39,406. Yep. So we're like, we're like right there. Yep. And they, and golf course closures are down, although they continue to outpace openings, which is not a terrible thing. But they finally worked it where it's a it's got an equilibrium that uh, people are actually able to make some money again in this industry if you're a course operator within golf. Yeah. But the question, and I don't know if you guys talked about it, was is what what Bobby says all the time: When is this going to fizzle? Because I still don't see people doing anything any different, operators, at least here locally, to maintain things once this buzz kind of goes away. And it, it will because well, it's, it's a cycle. A, that's, an inter- that's an interesting point. And, and, I, and that's why I think the, the fact that pointing to the negative closures, we're down to 14,000 and some number of golf courses. We used to be at 18,000 golf courses. And on my panel was uh, Mark Mattingly of Landscapes uh, Golf Management. Shout out to Mark and to Jeff Dugas for, you know, like I said, when I introduced both of them, I was I was smart enough to put guys that are smarter than me on the panel. And, um, you know, his sister company, Landscapes Unlimited, they they are the construction guys. I mean, they're the go to, you know, they're the those are the alpha dog in the room of construction. And as he pointed out they're doing a ton of renovations, but they're also doing alternative type facilities. They're doing, they're doing loops, little loops, whether it's at a private club or elsewhere, they're doing all uh, short courses. Um, Golf is morphing into something different. And Bob, I'm going to toss it to you because you reimagine things. Is that a good thing? Uh, it's, it's a good thing. It's a necessary thing, but it's not a new thing because if you look at the history of golf, there were applications like this before. Uh, but, you know, as Brent and I mentioned, Brent and I in a former podcast life had Rex Hoggard on yeah. uh, one of the shows. Remember that? Yep. And I, I, I did an Andy Hyde and I went through my screen to try to get Rex to throw some PR behind the woeful lack of any tactics for retention in the game. And this was a couple of years ago. And that's been one of my passion points, retention, retention, retention. What is that? What's it look like? What do you do at the facility level? I'm, nobody's, to my knowledge, nobody's doing it. I'm not saying I'm, I'm the expert doing it myself per se, but I'm doing as much as possible. One of the smallest things could be the, the people that teach this is going to sound atrocious. The people that are on the front line teaching the new, most vulnerable golfers are the least trained, typically. The people that are interacting with the most prized are the least trained, or the retired guy wanting free golf, or the high school kid out front. And, you know, I've seen Alan in, in action. He's out there. A lot of these um, head pros, GMs, they say they, they stick around in their office, they don't talk to anybody. Um, you oh, know, you have you have seen me in action. <laughs> you get out with the uh, with with the you get your hands dirty. 
Um, but a lot of people, I don't see that happening. Um, it, it's like, well, you know, one of, well, here's, here's one of the simple things too. When you, you know, as a kid, I go to church, you leave, the priest is out, thank you for being here. Like, to me, I thought the head pro should always be like the priest. You're there. Thanks for being here. You're you're meeting people. You're getting to know them. Um, the touch points like that, as simple as it is, I don't. It just doesn't happen in golf. There's a really really deep reason why it has to do with staffing and expenses and on and on. I get it. I get it. I get it. But still, doesn't mean you can't be creative and do it. Somebody somebody mentioned at the conference that you know the skiing industry figured it out, right? So. They take people who are absolute novices and there's a, a pathway, you know, of, of simple steps for them to get from showing up to skiing down the mountain. And that was our pan. That was our panel again, by the yeah, way. I think Mark said that, right? <laughs> the bunny it, was, it was either Mark or Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Jeff's a big skier. Yep. Yeah. But it, 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 it makes so much sense in, in the sense that, you know, you can't just just expect people to show up at your door with $65 and figure out and feel comfortable to go out and play 18 holes of golf. You know? I'm a big proponent of look at things taking place in other industries and apply them to golf. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and, you know, you talk about it all. You see it all the time firsthand. And I'll give you, I'm going to give a shameless plug in a second. Um, the table touches like you're talking about. Bobby, you know, in the restaurant industry, what do they do? They go around and, and two fingers touch, touch the table. And, uh, how was your meal today? How was this? What have you? We ate at a place called Hyman seafood in, uh, Charleston. Mm -hmm. That is its fifth generation ownership. Mm -hmm. And Eli, Eli Hyman was literally greeting, talking to everyone as we're walking out the door. Yep. Yeah. How cool was that? It, it, I mean, it left an endearing impression on it. I'm talking told, about it, Phil. I told the story and was with, I was doing business workshops around the country, and I was with Frank Keppa, who's from <laughs> Chicago. We were in uh, Davenport, Iowa, a burger place, and it was a burger place in the middle of nowhere next to our Hampton Inn. We walked in for lunch. We had plans to go to this supposedly amazing New York-style Italian restaurant that that night, because of what this simple burger place did, I was astounded. I used this story for years about the engagement, the personalization, the connection with people, what they did. One of the key things was when you walked in, hey, gentlemen, how are you doing? Is this your first time here? Oh, yeah, yeah it is. Well, everything they did, because we said we were first there the first time, changed when we went back that night, but they were all complimentary. I won't go into the details, but I, I used to use this example. This wasn't Augusta National, it wasn't Pebble Beach. It would be like your basic 18-hole, almost municipal facility. What they did to create engagement and create loyalty and retention was amazing. So, watch what I do here, Brendan. Mm. I had the opportunity on Thursday before leaving town to play the ocean course for my first time. So I set the stage by saying, and I'm going to get to Bobby's point. I, I set the stage by Tuesday. I may have been unofficially the fastest rebook in the history of golf. <laughs> After a nice, enjoyable breakfast with my much beautiful, more beautiful other half, no comments, Andy. 
I we I say, hey, I I can't get onto the ocean course. It's an insane amount of money, which it is. It's very pricey. I'm not gonna lie, folks, but it's worth it. And I was like, can I just go see it? And she's like, of course, you know, you're yeah, we're down here. This et cetera, et cetera. So I drive up and I take some videos and a cheesy selfie of myself. And I'm standing in the golf shop and young man Andrew's working the counter. And he goes, yes, sir. He goes, okay, I'll cancel that 750 on Thursday. And he puts the phone down and I went, and I will take it. (laughs) (laughs) But to Bobby's point, as after, and I will, we will discuss now the ocean course, uh, but to Bobby's point, I've played with two members in their governor's club. Uh, great, great people. Uh, but when we pulled up to the first tee, he looked at them first, said, have you played the ocean course, be- the, the starter, have you played the ocean course before? And they're both like, yes, we're a member of the governor's club. And I said, no, it's my first time. And I then proceeded to get the whole explanation of why the ocean course is what the ocean course is. And what is it, Andy? I mean, the ocean course is awesome. I've had the the opportunity to play it a couple of times. And I mean, there are my philosophy on high dollar value golf courses are the ones that are five and 600 bucks usually are worth it. The ones that are three and 400 usually aren't. <laughs> mm. Brendan, have you guys played there? I haven't played it, but I was there for uh, the name we shall not speak that won there at uh, the PGA <laughs> championship. Um, I was I was impressed with how they managed to get it all set up for the for the PGA. I think they did a really, really good job for that because I didn't think it would lend itself to that, to be honest with you, not being there before, but just knowing and watching it and seeing it on TV. And I know that they had um, well, the caddies told me there was there. like, 20, yeah, the caddies told me there was like 20,000 less people there the yeah. second go around. Yeah, but it was it was incredible. It was, uh, I, I would, I would spend the money. If I golfed as much as I did in years past, I would spend the money to play there for sure. Yeah. Alan, I, I saw your uh, Facebook post and the idea of playing with a caddy. Um, when I was in Pinehurst last week with my wife, Pam, we were at a Cleveland Shrixon event and Pam played the first round of golf ever in her life walking with a caddy. And How was it? I'll, I can bring her on right this minute if you want. Guess, <laughs> um, get, yeah, guest panelists. Come on, Pam, where are you at? You want me to bring her on? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Keep, well, you well, you make that happen. Right. We're, we're interrupting the show because, folks, we need, to inter- we need to hear from Pam. I will just continue to say, and I don't think I put, I don't think I put the, uh, this one out there on, on my personal social yet is, so I played one, I make par, I butcher two, I birdie three. Now I'm feeling. I'm like ocean course. What? Crazy how hard ball too. Dude, I hit. I hit like a little. I hit driver wedge and drained it from twenty. Not the one with the green that sits way up high. It does yes. It yeah. doesn't matter because I. I was throwing. Right, Pam. Hey, Pam. <laughs> I was just cleaning up the kitchen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So you have to you have to tell us about your experience. You have to tell us and everyone listening to the podcast. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Just about the the total experience. As a first a yep. first timer experience with playing with a caddy. Oh my gosh. 
So I was a little, I had never done anything like that. I mean, I, I'm a nine holer. I'm, and then really, really, it's more about the dining after than the nine holes. So I was, you know, I, I wouldn't say intimidated because I was excited and I knew, had a good group. Um, but having a cat, just walking, first of all, is so enjoyable. Um, I'm an outdoorsy, I'm athletic. I don't, you know, I love movement and just, you just enjoy the whole ex- the golf course so much more when you're walking you see more i don't know like you it's totally different i've never done it before uh and i didn't even like i don't even play 18 holes so i was like a little well, i don't know if i'm gonna make it through the whole thing not physically but more mentally right. but it was it was so much fun and just having the caddies and you know it was very lighthearted and um not intimidating whatsoever it was a total blast we had a great group um, the caddy was super helpful. So that took a lot of pressure off, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Um, it was awesome. I can't wait to go back. What course did you play at Pinehurst? Because they're all, they're all great. Yeah, we did. We're number four. Number four. Number and four. Then, the redesign on four is amazing. After that, we weren't done because we had lunch and went to the cradle. There you awesome. go. Awesome. And that was phenomenal. Like, I don't know why there aren't cradles everywhere. And that ties into what we were just saying, folks. There you go. Boom. Pam just solved it right there. She's the new king of the segue. Sorry, Alan. You're done. Alan's done. I'm done. Pam's Pam's the queen of the segue. So, yeah. But what I guess what facet of the so I was just telling the guys that I was in Kiowa and I played had a caddy had a great guy again say engaging and it just frees up your mind you don't have to worry about where your sticks are you don't have to and and I found it interesting I mean I'm not a guy that likes people to read my line when I putt because I can't read my line half the time anyway so I mean what was the most enjoyable part of it just just that part that you just Somebody, somebody was taking care of all the other mental aspects of the game for you? I think so. I think that really, really was it. Because you just kind of walk up, like you hit your shot, you hand in the club, you walk to the next shot. You don't have to, you don't do anything. You, you're just, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm literally like a tour player right now. Like <laughs> you just, you hit, you hit the shot that's in front of you and then they take care of the rest. I love it. It's awesome. It's, yeah. You are being taken care of, it feels like, right? totally yes it was amazing and um you know they, and i like it they line up the ball he's he lined up my he really did a ton of work for me because you know i'm not a great golfer but um regardless uh it didn't really i i actually hit the ball pretty well um i'm not you know i wouldn't have scored well because i don't play enough but i hit the ball pretty, <laughs> sorry pretty well i think because um i didn't have to think about every little thing. That's an interesting take, I think. Absolutely. I love that. And by the way, I could literally play the cradle all day long. It was amazing. I love it. Yep. Let's make more. I think we should. Thanks, Pam. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you know, you, I don't know who said it on here, but you are seeing more and more of that with the with the redesigns and stuff, putting in those those short because Tiger was just out there playing his play the, the Hague. pebble, yeah. 
you know, the course Tiger did here in Houston, Blue Jack, they have a little par three. Yep. Yep. Um, Whispering Pines, which they just redid here, which is the number one ranked course in Texas. Um, they just did a par three, like an, a real high end par three. So it's definitely, it's, it's definitely making the change in the industry a little bit, I think, where, where possible anyway. Well, taking, taking care of um, their player, I'm going to tell you, let me finish the next, next hole. I was telling, giving, giving you my uh, hole by hole there for uh, at, at Kiowa and where I stopped at three. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And if it wasn't for my caddy, I might've stopped permanently because as I hit my, hit three wood off of four and we get out there and I'm looking at walking towards my ball, my entire attention's on the ball. And the caddy then goes, Oh, we got a big fella today. And I look up the fairway because three, four places, excuse me, four places across this little like marsh area, like a, at a 70 degree angle to the green. And there's a 12, 10, maybe 12 foot gator. Mm. Just cam- camping out. <laughs> Big boy. They're all over that island. <laughs> and then he decides to get up and start walking. And he's allowed to walk wherever he wants to walk. <laughs> the Gators like South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. But overall, cool place. Bobby, have you ever played Kiowa? I've uh, been there a couple times for PGA championship stuff, but have not played there. Got to get there. Yeah. And they, uh, what were you saying, Andy, uh, about uh, uh, on the back nine? Because the front nine kind of loops out around, and you actually don't see the ocean. Um, the back nine, apparently, it was Alice that really pushed to have things elevated so you could actually see the ocean, um, yeah. most of the holes. Four, four holes straight out. 14th, a little par three, which may be as brutal as 17. And then four holes right back down the, down the coastline. Yeah, and I think that's a cool way that they laid out that golf course. It's it's almost like each nine holes is a links, right? Right. You know, where, where you're out and back, out and back, and and uh, once you turn that corner on 14, and you play 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, coming in, it's usually into the wind, and that is some stretch of golf. Yeah, it's it's strong. And then to make matters worse, as I was uh, as it was explained to me, when you get to 18, um, it happened to be because we went out extremely early. Um, by the time we got to 18, a lot of people were not in the Ryder Cup pub. But I guess uh, 100, 150 people are lined up out there on the deck, eating lunch, having drinks. Golf groups are there. And and their kids are running around that pe- from people who are just up there uh, on the back of the clubhouse lawn. And they're laying down bets whether or not you miss or not. <laughs> That's did they money or did they lose money, Alan? <laughs> I too put it. From like a hundred feet. <laughs> anyway, so uh Andy it was great to see you down there. Uh you as well, Mike. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh Check out our social, posted some pictures of Kia. Would love to hear your stories if you played down there or Pinehurst. Because uh, Pinehurst number four, as Pam uh, said, it was great. Pinehurst uh, played it a few years back. Cradle's amazing. 
What are some other golf trips? Brandon, what's some good other golf trips that people could, I mean, right down near you, Stream Song. Oh, God. Stream Song's awesome. I've been down there two times. Um, I really like the Red. I don't know if you guys have been down there. Andy, you played there, right? Nope. No. I haven't ever played Stream Song. It's just, it's got a lot of those cool things that we're talking about. It doesn't have a short course, but it's got this, this putting course right by the clubhouse yeah. on the black. Um, and they've got these things where you can set your drinks on and they've got like little hole markers to go to the different holes on the, on the putting green. Um, and it was like a social thing. People were out there after the rounds having drinks and, and, uh, and putting around. I think things like that is what you need, not just at these resorts. Cause I was before the show, I was just online looking at Macklemore and I, that's a dream to go up there. Um, but I, I just realized my uh, a good friend of all everybody in golf, Charlie Reimer's out there, um, and they've got a six hole little little loop that they've got out there, um, and it's it's not just these resort style higher end that has these things. I think some of the uh, more you know blue collar golf type golf courses are looking to put in some, whether it's a three hole thing or I know at LPGA up the road from me going around their range they have a three hole loop uh a part three four and five so things like that you know that's just really cool stuff yeah there's a there's a golf course here in houston it's just a daily fee course it's it's pretty nice called the high meadow ranch and uh they actually built their golf course where they have three six hole loops so they got Number number one's right near the clubhouse. Number six green is near the clubhouse. Number nine green is near the clubhouse. Uh, and then number 12 green is also near the clubhouse. And then of course number 18 green. So so I ran I ran a course in north in northern Virginia one time. Bob may know this is a bowling green country club it was designed by a simple farmer, uh Linwood Morris. And I did some work after he passed away for his wife Nellie. He was so far ahead of his time. He did exactly that. He had he had three six hole loops, and every and his but his logic was everybody people had to come back past. They, at that time, there wasn't beverage carts. This was in the early nineteen eighties or mid nineteen eighties. And there was a third way house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to, I actually had to do the math on that for one second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you, you completely threw me into mental gridlock on that one, but. Um, I'll tell you what, you know who I think uh, was in mental gridlock in a good way? How about, uh, we, we should probably talk about some other things going on in golf. Uh, Freddie Couples. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Huh? I was going to bring that up because I, I, well, the interesting how things happen in life and golf, but Freddie wins for the first time in four years. Lexi Thompson wins for the first time in three years. Keegan Bradley, Keegan. four years. Yep. That's that was pretty amazing. I guess yeah. you could have that. Don't forget Brooks. Yeah, Brooks. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I forget first, first time in live years. Yeah. <laughs> Figured Christian to bring that one up, you know. Yeah. No, that is, that is an amazing weekend for, for long time comings. Yeah. It shows you can never, ever give up, right? And so who, who had the be, who had the better story then this weekend? Because I mean, you just rattled off four good ones. Who had the better story? Was it Brooks? 
<clears throat> well, he had the worst. He had the worst of the four. I think you know Freddie. He, he uh, shot below his age. That's pretty impressive. Um, you know, at his at his age, <laughs> or gaining. <laughs> he told somebody. Oh, I was listening to Paul Azinger. He, he talked to me. He goes, "Yeah, I blacked out for twelve holes." <laughs> <laughs> I know if, uh, and, and I love Keegan, big time Keegan fan, but if Ricky had won, then yeah. there would have been no question about, even with, even with Freddie 60, there would have been no question who the story would have been. And, yeah. and, and, and is that a good story? It's obviously a good story for Ricky. My question to you, oh, golf instructor extraordinaire, is that him finally working his way back to his game? Or is that just a one hit wonder for Ricky? No, no. I, I think this is a trend with him. I think we started to see it before this. Yeah. I yeah, agree. I think he's on the road back. Really? Yeah. I, it's funny. I'm top ten in his last three. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, guys remember this. I, I think I I think it's attributed to Ben Crenshaw. Maybe not, but when I was a kid, I remember I thought it was Ben that said, as long as it takes you to, to get into a slump, it takes you that long to get out. So it's an interesting phrase. I always remember that. Like all of a sudden you look back, I've been playing bad for a year. Somehow it might take a year to just get it right back to where it used to be. Something like that. Yeah. And would the, and would the story coming out of Bangkok with Brooks be no fans? You know, I didn't pay any attention to any of it. Were there, there were was there no fans nobody there? like zip nobody. By choice, I, 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 there's this. I, I don't know. Every shot you saw, there wasn't. A, there was no fans. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah. weird. I didn't see any of it. No, I, I didn't even realize he won until this morning. Well, I, that was the other knock: is that there was there was no, there was no nothing. I mean, this was their their first of like event into Asia, right? So. There was nothing. There wasn't. There wasn't any coverage. You weren't watching anything on any streams. I mean, there was nothing. Did I say nothing enough times? Okay. Yes, we get the point. <laughs> you know, and I feel bad. I feel bad a little bit. I mean, because he has been struggling. So to get a win, and I and we've talked to over blue in the face about live tour, but to get a win for a guy like that, it, that's a big deal, right? So Brendan. You, you don't know this, but you know Dave Lindy, right? Mm-hmm. So Dave Lindy and I went to high school together. Oh, okay. I was wondering yeah. where the connection was with you yeah, guys. Lindy and I went to high school together. <laughs> I, I saw he posted something today. He goes, and I heard Brooks won two closest to the pins as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Cheers to you, Dave Lindy. <laughs> All right, so uh, 18th hole, winding down. Final thoughts for everybody. Who's who's got something? I got a great one. Well, actually, I got a great don't be that guy, so let me just jump to that real quick. Yeah. When you take the 7.30 tea time at Kiowa, (laughs) don't go back to the tournament tees. But I paid my money. I want to play the tennis. <laughs> Hashtag don't be that guy times four. 
I could have been done in three hours. <laughs> and uh, walking. How long, how long did it take you? Oh, we still got around at four fifteen. We made the we made the That's front good. turn. We made the front turn in like uh, one forty five, I think. But these guys, yeah, no business being back there. They're the same guy. I think they're the same guys that come down to my place every winter. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, what do you got? Final thoughts on the world of golf? Well, it's gonna. I I had a dumpy that guy queued up, teed oh, up. Oh, fire away then. Well, it's uh, you know, it has to do with logos and the proper usage of logos on your clothing and where logos go, and uh, it's just funny that. You know, I look at logos. I'm like, you know, I merchandise and things like that. And um, it's just funny when people say, oh, hey, that's a nice logo. Or where'd you get that? And you get like a 12 minute story. So uh, or sometimes, you know, trying to wear the right logo with the right hat, the right shirt, complimentary Ben Augusta. You know, I think the over under is if you've got 17 logos from Augusta on, it's one too many. (laughs) (laughs) But one more would make a complete round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I was I was struck by early story. Any and I can think about it from that uh, mass amateur because we played in that years ago. But uh, the young man that won that, his dad died the same week, so that was a really yeah. Talk about the the spectrum of emotions in life. Um, that that one yeah. caught my eye. Yeah, Connor Willett, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Andy, your chance to lean forward in the screen. Okay. Um, so the winner of the DP World event this week was Adrian Otaegui. Um, and first comment is that may be the hardest golf course in the world, Valderrama. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the, the claustrophobia off some of those tees some of those crazy trees and i mean it's it's unbelievable and he uh he played great and he i think he won by five or six or something like that but um and he's a i'm, I'm trying to figure it out if he's an ex-live player or a current live player on hiatus or what the deal is because he was one of the first few tournament live guys um and i thought he got bounced um so it's cool to see him win the the uh the andalusia masters at valderrama but the interesting question is does that qualify him for the Ryder cup because we didn't talk about that one yeah i think that's a that's a remains to be seen topic right when john rom comes out and says that he'd like he wants them there yep I don't know if Adrian would be the one that they would choose, but um, he did win at Valderrama, which is awesome. Okay. Mr. Elliott. I am excited that fall is coming to Florida. Tomorrow (laughs) is a five-day stretch of highs in the 70s. Actually, I'm looking on my Weather Channel app. Wednesday, high 69 here in Sorrento, Florida, with a low of 49. Whoa. So we got 
high four high 40s low 50s for a couple of days stretch and highs in the 70s that's awesome golf i may play golf this week <laughs> i prefer it 100 and humid but that's that's me <laughs> we had 38 and actually had our first little hint of frost the other day um i'm actually going to say that pam stole my my final thought which and you heard it a recurring theme uh i've actually been preaching about it uh, i was tiny houses before the tiny house craze i'm tiny golf courses before the tiny house or tiny golf course craze more, more and more people need to be looking at short courses alternative courses and for every reason from the great uh not-for-profit little, little linksters which you should be supporting and i will continue to say that to private clubs or resort destination you need to be have these type of properties because that's where people will more learn to play the game yep that's okay. all i got that's all I got, Andy. Next show, I'm going to talk about the difference between the tee box and the true teeing ground because there is no such thing as a tee box where you start your golf hole. I'll leave you in suspense. I don't think I can sleep seven nights before I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to hit stop right now. <laughs> You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan DePew, today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.